Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you're here with us today because today we have a very special guest. We have with us Miss Rhiannon Hines. She is an intuitive channel. She's an energy worker and just recently also an author of the new book, Keepers of the Light Codes. And she's here today to talk to us about how she uses her gifts to help other healers and also about her new book. So I'm very excited to talk to her today but before we get started we do have a word from our sponsor exploring how we can master ourselves by looking at how experts say it is possible with your host Shashati. welcome to how to be with me Shashati, as your timid presenter guiding you through life's tricky topics and skills by reading through the best books out there I've been podcasting for almost 18 months, covering topics ranging from mental health and well-being to understanding the world around us better through interviewing authors on the given subject. I've spoken to at least 40 authors from award-winning editor of The Good Immigrant, Nika Schukla, to the year of living Danishly and how to be sad author, Helen Russell, on what it means to be human and about the human condition. From intersectionality, resilience, motivation allyship, grief, as well as much, much more. I look forward to hearing from you and welcome to this journey of learning. All right, I'm so excited to jump in today and learn more about light codes and how um, you are helping energy healers, Rianne. And so thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. And thank you for the beautiful introduction. Yeah, I love being able to connect with other people who are also healers and intuitives and who are helping others. And I think it's so needed right now. So I'm really, really excited to have you here. And I know that I personally have done a little research on light codes and worked with that a little bit myself, but just kind of dabbling. But there may be a lot of people in my audience who don't know what that is or or haven't really heard of that. So I'm excited for you to teach us a little bit about that. But before Mm. you do that, I would love if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself personally and how did you realize that you were an intuitive channel and a healer? Mm, okay, sure. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm uh, an energy worker, intuitive channel, and now an author since I was able to channel those gifts into writing. But I definitely wouldn't say that I've always been intuitive. I definitely wouldn't say that I've always aligned to the idea of being a channel. Um, in fact, when I was maybe about 20, I used to feel super disconnected, quite depressed and yeah quite frankly just not good and um so what it was for me was like a moment of of despair really because I had this job that I absolutely hated I had a relationship that was like a real friend a meeting of friendship but there was no real spark or magic there I had this mortgage and I was you know doing life from a really young age I was 20 and I was like well this is it you know I followed the societal model for success and this is it and i I felt so empty and I would say like this can't be it this can't be it this can't be it and I used to come home from work and I just used to cry and I didn't know how to help myself I just didn't know how to give myself what I needed but something told me to do a meditation on my phone so it's I went on YouTube and I was the first one I think I saw it was like connection to your higher self 
And it was, I wasn't looking for that, but I, that's just what I found. And it made me feel better. <laughs> so I, I kept doing that meditation. It was like, I was, it was like all I had. <laughs> I was just like clinging to this meditation, but something was happening every time I did it. Every time I did it, I was more and more just dissolving the limitations of this character, Rhiannon, dissolving this, the limitations of my life. And I started to feel more expansive. I started to feel there's more to me than this. This isn't who I am. And then I started to, it started to really land for me over the weeks and the months, why my life felt so dull. <laughs> and I started to realize like, of course, this is not fulfilling. I'm a, I'm a soul having a human experience. I'm a spark of the infinite. Of course, this life feels dull. And so my intuitive journey, it really came from me listening to the pain that was present from my life choices and, and listening to my heart to, to, to make decisions and change my life in a way that was terrifying, but in a way that I knew I needed to. So my first one for me was breaking up with that best friend he was my fiance and it was he was very hard to leave because I loved him so dearly but I knew I had to and I broke up with him and when I did my life just felt like it opened I felt like I had wings and I felt like something scooped me up and was like we've got you Rhiannon and and something shifted where I went from dull to magic and my day-to-day -day life started to feel sparkly you know I moved in with my friend and we started to chant mantras and we started to go to like ecstatic dances together I started to feel really alive and then at rapid pace more and more of these opportunities to listen to what I needed to do started to come in so my intuition came online in this really like this really grounded, integrated way of me navigating through my life, diving into the contractions in my body where it's like something is wrong, stepping into the fear, if that what lied beyond the fear excited me, and feeling the expansion that came after that. And I started to do that at rapid, rapid pace. And then I suppose alongside that really like 3D expression of my intuition, I started to really journey with the tarot, tarot cards. And I, I really wanted a deck of cards as I started to explore my magical self. It's like I started to go to these magical shops and I wanted cards, right? Yeah. And I didn't want the oracle cards. I wanted like something deep. And I, I bought these tarot, these tarot cards and I, they were way over my head. I, I knew I was out of my league, but I grabbed them and I started to try and study them, reading the book. And I just couldn't remember anything that the book said. It was like, yeah, in one ear and out the other. But I started to use them. And every time I used them, the, the pictures, the cards, they were speaking to me. It's like I knew what they meant. And then I would read the book and confirm and it would be something completely different. And then I'd get confused. Um, so then I just realized, well, what I knew from the card felt more like truth than the book. Mm -hmm. So I started to just ditch the book. And I started to dive into these cards and just allow them to speak to me. And then I realized that if I closed my eyes, I had this, this inner voice that sounded a lot like my higher mind, you know, a lot like the mind, but there was a, there was a crispness to it. There was a purity to it, a directness. And I started to listen to that voice as I was doing the, the tarot. 
And then I started to get quite good at it. <laughs> I started to get quite good. And then over the years, I started to do the tarot for other people. But then there was a limitation to that as well. Because when you do a reading for someone, there's a level of expectation. There's almost a need to perform. <laughs> yeah. There's a need to show up in a certain way that meets your client's expectations. And I just noticed that sometimes what would come through would be this information doesn't serve this person. They need to just lean into trust of the unknown. And I was like, well, I can't tell them that. That's not enough. <laughs> but I was getting these higher messages and it didn't fit in that reader framework. And alongside this journey, my work was as a, a remedial massage therapist, as a, a yoga teacher. And I, I did have clients that were coming through, through to me for like body work and um, things like Reiki. And then I started to really weave these two lessons together. I started to develop over the years a process that was built on my ability to channel and gather those higher, um, those higher messages from my clients. And now, fast forward to where I am now, every single session that I do, I start with channeling. I start with listening to that higher voice before they arrive. Often I write things down, pretty much 99% of the time I write things down. Sometimes it's three pages and sometimes it's two words. And then I lean into full trust of those messages. And then I allow the energy work to flow based on those directions. So it's been a long time getting there, but I'm so glad <laughs> that this journey has unfolded in this way because my intention now for my clients is like, how can the highest work be done? The highest healing or the highest initiation. And with that, there is such deep transformation that comes with my sessions that wouldn't be there if we had the limitations of fixed ideas or perceptions or attachments to outcome. Yeah, I'm getting chills listening to you talk about that. And it's so funny because just recently in my own business, you know, I'm, I used to do Reiki for people and I did readings for people and I took everything down. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't mm. feel like this is like I'm not serving at my highest and I don't feel like this is fitting anymore. And then I had an epiphany yesterday that I needed to do what you just talked about, which was just create healing sessions and not say it's Reiki or it's this or it's that, but instead channel what comes out for people first. And then from there, if, the channel says they need some energy healing, do the Reiki, or if it says they need this, or if it says they need that, then work on that. So it's incredible that you just said that. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that though. Yeah. I love that you do that for your clients because I agree with you. I think that channeling is one of the best ways to really get what they need. You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. clients they know they don't feel good, as you said, or they know this or that, but they don't really know why or what they mm. need. And then when you can channel for them, oh, well, this is what's going on. They kind of have an idea, like, I know I don't, I'm depressed or I'm this or I'm that, but I don't really know why. And then when you can really use your gifts and abilities to tap into it and say, I know why. <laughs> I know how to help yeah. you. I know how to do this. So I love that you're using those gifts to really, truly 
heal people. That's amazing. And I also found it really interesting that you said when you did tarot that you would look at the cards and you'd look at the book and it didn't really line up. I think it's so much better when people read that intuitively instead of just saying, well, it always means this, it always means that. It always depends on what's around it or what's going on and when you do the cards. So I love people who read intuitively because I think you get a much better read that way. So kudos to you for doing that and not being afraid and saying, I have to go by the book. Because so many people, when they start out, think I have to do what the book says. I have to do it this way. I have to do it that way. And I think we're really restricting ourselves when we do mm. that. So I love the way that you work with people. That's awesome. So yeah. tell us about your book. Because I want to know more about light codes and how you're working with that. Yeah, sure. So the keepers of the light codes, it's it's it flowed to me so easily because it wasn't my words, you know. I don't think I would have the capacity or the patience to sit down and write a book, but somehow I did because <laughs> I wasn't having to gather the information, you know. I had to just write at rapid time and it came out really, really easily. Um, I'll give you a little backstory as to how the book came through because it really feeds into the, the underpinning message that's within the book. So I had kind of put my spirituality <clears throat> and my life into two separate boxes. <laughs> so I had just before the, the book came through, I had a, a little baby, a little toddler, and my life was beautiful but I longed for my escapism into my magical realms right I longed to just have some opportunities to to do work with my clients to do energy work to do whatever I just longed for that and I hadn't fully integrated the magic in my day-to-day -day life and something was telling me my 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 inner my inner voice was telling me you're going to write a book soon so I was really excited so I kept trying to sit down and write it and it was just I was just coming up blank there was just nothing yeah. And there was a big integration piece that needed to happen before the book would come through. And so when my baby was maybe like 18 months, I got pregnant again. I was like, okay, so, I'm, you know, my eldest, she's very full on. And well, as all 18 months, you're 18 months old. Ugh, uh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I was pregnant. I started to feel really sick. I was running after running around after this toddler. I was really tired. There was just no time for this magical escape. It just didn't come. And I was like, felt really stuck in my body. I couldn't kind of venture into the cosmos in my meditations because the nausea and the discomfort in my body was just keeping me there. I was just like, oh, this isn't fun for me. And then something was telling me to just go, go with it, go into it, go into this discomfort and go into my body and go into this human life. And I started to learn how to find and anchor the magic within my day-to-day -day existence, right? There was no separation. That pregnancy was such a lesson for me because it was then when I started to, to go for a walk with my baby in the pram, I, I, I brought the magic in then, you know, I was breathing into my heart looking at the trees, feeling the presence of my, my interdimensional allies, you know, like the fairy realm that you see so clearly in the trees. And I was learning to have these experiences within my waking life. And then once I really integrated that, it was like, ah, the book is ready now. 
because and then I started to really really channel it at rapid rapid pace and I channeled most of it when I had the newborn and the two-year-old and um so the keepers of the light codes it is that lesson so it's it's nine lessons and 28 initiations that really take you on a journey of remembering remembering the magic that is this human experience remembering the bliss the infinite layers of bliss that lie within this present moment and the the light codes are are what infuses into us at a DNA level to activate us into our God consciousness, into our remembering of how connected we are to one another, how divine we are. And the keepers of the light codes, who are they? Well, they're your listeners, they're you. They're the, they're the human beings who have probably spent so much time on their spiritual journey working through their traumas, looking at their unloved aspects, learning how to meditate, learning how to master their mind, all these beautiful divine things. But this book comes now because when does the journey end? A journey occurs through linear time, right? A journey has a point A and a point B. And if linear time isn't the true nature of time, the true nature of time is that all of time starts now and we can access all of it now then there has to come a point where we stop progressing and ascending and healing through linear time and we claim our mastery now. We claim our absolute wholeness now. We claim our absolute ascended state now. And then in that, we release the need to become someone. We rise into our mastery. And then we show up for the world. We show up for our humanity in such a different way as a whole and complete and healed and ascended light being. And it's quite a lot for people to claim. It's quite a lot for people to claim, but this book comes now because so much of our awakened humanity is, is ready. There needs to be a shift in perception, a paradigm shift for, the, for conscious humanity to step outside of that perpetual wheel of trying to be better and trying to expand more and grow more and step into this now moment and just surrender and just go, ah, I'm it. And we're ready to do that. Yeah, definitely. So you take people through the steps of how to incorporate mm -hmm. that now, instead of, I understand exactly what you're talking about, being on that wheel of continuously searching for and seeking the teachers and seeking the healing that's going on so that we can vibrate higher and and manifest things that yeah and it can seem to be sometimes like a hamster wheel like i healed one layer and then oh here i'm back again and now i'm searching for something else and i know that when you're going through that spiritual awakening you can feel like that a lot that you're constantly mm. searching for something so your book mm. takes you through the steps yeah Right. So there's a bit of a, um, the irony is <laughs> there's a journey within the book, <laughs> but every step of the way, there's the reminder that you are the light. The words aren't the light. The words aren't what is being activated. You are activating yourself. 
And um, so, yeah, there's, there's steps and each step is like a peeling back of a veil, a peeling back of a false belief and moving into um, the true nature of time, moving out of the restraints of linear time. And each step is like peeling back one veil at a time, remembering the guru that you are, remembering your, the cosmic nature of who you are. And yeah, it really, really builds so nicely. Um, and it's a real it's a real journey inward. It's a real journey inward. And it's funny because all the way through there's the reminder of the insignificance of the journey. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful text. And as I reread it, I'm always having my mind blown <laughs> because it's not me, it's not my words. And I'm having to like reread things multiple times because even I haven't fully integrated every single lesson within the book. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say probably after having channeled the book and after working with people, healers and just other people and helping them to understand their own divinity and understand that everyone has gifts and that we're, you know, we're all healing and that we can integrate these light codes and we can, you know, be in the now. What would you say, what would be the biggest tip for you, for anybody who's listening and thinking, okay, yeah, I'm tired of always having to find the new tools. And I, I would like to have, you know, I'd like to get off that hamster wheel. I'd like to, you know, start understanding and recognizing the divinity within myself and that I am my own guru. So I would say a beautiful place to start is to just take the focus away from yourself for a moment. Because really what we're here to do and be is in service to our fellow brothers and sisters, right? And once you step into your highest service, you get this unlimited energetic support that just flows through you and everything becomes easy. So I would say to your listeners, like, what is that vision? Like, how are you serving? Are you working as this busy and um, easeful and graceful healer who's just gliding through the day? You know, like, what is the vision? Are you showing up? Are you teaching yoga classes for a huge room? You know, like, what is the vision? And it, it's not all about healing and yoga. Are you doing, you know, accounting in a way that's just like blowing people's mind? It's so creative. It's your unique gift. It doesn't matter what it is. But once you align to that vision of selfless service and then you ask for help, right? You give it over to God or the divine or the universe. You ask for help. Keep me on my highest path and show me how I can fulfill this mission. Show me how I can step up into this. Help me to move through my fears and my judgments. And if you keep holding that vision, allowing it to evolve and allowing it to come from your heart, then every single day you're going to be prompted how to respond. And you, you don't need to look any further than, than today. You don't need to know a path. You don't need to know how to get there. You just have to respond to you today. So when you wake up and you feel your body, what do I feel that I need today? I feel like I need a day off. 
I feel like I need to lay on the couch and close my eyes. You breathe into your body. What do I feel like I need to do today? I've got all this creative fire. I need to write something. And it's only the mind that would say, but what is this writing for? Writing won't make me money. This isn't my path. How can I make this into a job? It's that that's that's dimming that ability to be in your light all the time because we are all here to fulfill a divine mission, to live a glorious and beautiful existence, as this book says over and over, right? And you can, the moment you tr stop trying to fight or become or shape something. So if you hold that vision to get over yourself and you keep speaking about the vision in your mind and in your heart and making it about your service to humanity, asking for support, how can I, how can I fulfill this? And then every single day, you just show up for yourself and you do whatever your energy is directing you to do. It's, it's that really, it's just that. And then tomorrow, what do you want to do? You wake up, is it, the, is it the natural continuation of what you did yesterday or is it something completely different? When you release attachment to the outcome, when you release the need to be something or someone, but you're holding the vision and surrendering into the present moment, into, into today, then life just gets better and better and better and you become infinitely more infused with that light because your focus is about your selfless service and your surrender into your truth. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think that's the hardest part for people is to surrender attachment to outcomes because a lot mm -hmm. of people allow that fear to come in where you know they may think, well, I would love to write a blog or I would love to start a podcast or I would love to fill in the blank, whatever they wanna do. And many of them are afraid to even start because they think that it won't be successful. And what if you just release the attachment to that it has to be successful and just say, I'm gonna do it because it's what I wanna do and it would bring me joy. And if it ends up being successful, well, that's all the better, but I'm doing this for myself or to be of service to others. Like, that's an amazing thing. I wish more people would do that. Mm. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that is a real, um, that really limits us in our creative expression, and this is something that I've had to journey with a lot in my younger years, is it's like if you're changing a lot, changing your mind and doing something different all the time, that you're somehow failing because you said you'd do something and then you change your mind. So, so many people stick with what they would said they would do because they don't want their family or society to judge them for, for not completing, not sticking it out. It's like weakness of character in our society. But the truth is it's strength of character to acknowledge like this isn't true for me anymore and letting it go. And I think those two go hand in hand, like do it because you want to do it and then let it go because you can. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I wish more people would show up more fully for themselves because I feel like fear stops a lot of people from doing amazing and great things. I know there's mm -hmm. some talented people out there who simply don't try because they're afraid to start. And I feel like fear and intuition in many ways go hand in hand because if we're asking for that divine guidance and we're asking to be kept on our highest path, 
That's like my mantra, my prayer every day, keep me on my highest path. Then in my highest path, you know, in your highest path, you are your most fully expressed, most fully realized self. So you'll have to move through a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges in order to embody that person. So when we listen to our intuition and, and where we're being guided, we're going to be challenged and we're going to have fears come up. You know, can you, whatever it is, can you teach that yoga class? You know, for your first yoga class, how scary is it? It's like you might want to even just die for this moment because it's you're so terrified. And yeah. then you do it anyway. It's such a big initiation. And, yeah, that fear, like, that keeps people paralysed and keeps people from realising what they're meant to do is also our greatest gift because when we move through that fear and we do it anyway, what comes is so, so rewarding and so exciting. It is. I always say whenever something scares me, I know I have to do it then because there's a reason <laughs> that that fear builds up. You know, fear, although it was meant to keep us safe when we were younger, as we're older, it doesn't really help us that much. You know, it does more to harm us and keep us stuck than it does really to assist us. Mm, totally. And if that fear is infused with excitement, you know, this excitement for, well, if I do do that, that will be so cool. And you've got this fear, but there's, there's this excited kind of buzz behind the fear, then you 100% have to do it. Yeah. But um, it's interesting as we speak of fear, because I've always thought, okay, fear, dive into it, you know, race, go through it, transmute it. It doesn't serve me. But um, in the last... In the last six months, I've had this, this fear um, that's felt a bit different. And it's like it's wanted me to look at how I needed to change my life. It's been like a helpful fear, as you say, like when you're running from an animal, it's a helpful fear that gets you to like really charge. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And I just noticed there was an energy around like um, there was an energy around money. And I never, I have very low emotional attachment to money. So I thought that's interesting, but something was telling me like consolidate, um, like just be cautious with your money. And rather than kind of um, trying to transmute the fear or trying to step through it, I listened to it as an intuitive nudge. And I've made some changes based on that fear and the fear has transmuted, it feels right. So it's interesting. Sometimes it, you know, sometimes there is a, a, a darkness there that is longing to be acknowledged because it's trying to help us as well. So it's so, it's so interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And that's a great example too of how you could use the emotion behind the fear to kind of lean in and listen like is there a lesson here that I need to pay attention to or is there something that maybe my higher self is trying to tell me to pay attention to yeah exactly and it's all just about becoming sensitive to yourself becoming sensitive to um, these subtle nudges within your body these emotional responses that are telling you where to go it's all in the sensitivity there is so much guidance there's so yeah. much there really is direct I feel like so many of us go on autopilot every day that sometimes we just don't pay attention to that but that our intuitive hits you know that we're getting 
we don't see or hear or feel because we're not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So in my trainings, there's so much focus on this, like resensitizing, resensitizing, because we're always taught throughout school or whatever to just ignore the sensations of our body. It's like, I don't want to go to school. You've got to go to school. Um, you know, when you need to go to toilet or you need to speak, there's like such a primal urge. You have to put your hand up. You have to ask for permission. You have to ask for permission to respond to your own body. <laughs> and um, it's just crazy. So we're kind of taught, we're, we're taught to not feel and to not respond to our, our emotions and our, our, our subtle nudges. But as you allow yourself to respond to what's there in the most simple way, you're going to get really good at responding to what's there for the bigger life decisions. So like listening to yourself around what you want to eat, around what you want to drink and not eating something because it's habitual, not eating something because it's like, well, that's part of my meal plan. It's like, well, what do I, what would really nourish me deeply right now? And listening to your body, it's like, mm, I want a soup. <laughs> and it's like in all these subtle um, situations throughout our day, um, deciding what way to go. Like if say you're dr driving, taking your kids to school and there's kind of two paths that you can take, two routes. It's like, I always go that route, but today I want to go this route, you know? And then you see something that makes you smile on that route, like a beautiful dog. And it's so simple, but if we start doing this in the, in the really subtle aspects of the day-to-day -day life, we're going to get really good at listening to those fears and to those nudges for major life decisions. Yeah, you're so right about that. We tend to ignore or think the subtle messages we get are not important, like go that route instead of the normal way you go to work today or eat this instead of that but sometimes that is our higher self actually working for us like going a different way sometimes you might avoid a traffic jam or you know you may avoid an accident or something like that and i've experienced that in my own life many times where i don't know why i felt like i needed to do something different than i normally do but I did, and it was for my own good and for my highest good. So totally. I love that advice. I love that advice. Yeah, just it's that's so easy, but that is one of the best ways to practice really listening to your intuition. Yeah, it is. And it's intuition is just such a trainable tool. We are all so deeply intuitive. Like as human beings, we are all innately telepathic, innately psychic. In, in varying ways and we are always being guided whether you believe it or not and it just is a matter of kind of dialing in to that little voice that's always there and when I say the little voice it might not be a voice it's a feeling it's a knowing it could be a voice it could be a visual but it could just be just a knowing and that's what I mean by that inner voice as well yeah I love that. I think it's so important to really start learning how to listen to that intuition and that inner voice because it tells us so much. But mm -hmm. I used to be the type of person that ignored it and later would be like, oh, yeah. I can't listen to that. Yeah, I used to kind of do the opposite because I used to think something within me was trying to trick me, you know, and a lot of people do that. You, there's that, you know, when you see the card tricks or you, you're holding 
um, you're holding something in one hand and not the other and you've got to guess what hand and people in their gut they know what one it is and then they say the opposite because they think there's something within them that's tricking them but yeah. it's like there's always a knowing there there's always a knowing there that's trying to serve us keep us on our highest path look after us initiate us guide us back to more and more truth and more and more love yeah, absolutely. And it's learning to trust that. I think that's the biggest issue we have sometimes is trust, but trusting ourselves is so incredibly important. Yeah, trust is trust is the tricky piece. When you get the trust, your intuition goes to another level. But in order to develop the trust, first of all, we need to l respond to one of those inner voice nudges and then be kind of swept up by the universe and the universe says good job once we have that happen once then there's so much confirmation there to allow ourselves to trust all the time you know like when I broke up with that best friend fiance and I just dived into the unknown and I was so scared but I followed my heart and then I felt like I was literally swept up in these arms that just cared for me and showed me what to do and after that I had so much trust that listening got really really easy and sometimes intuition is so subtle it's there for everyone but sometimes it's so subtle that it's hard to trust but the more we can trust those subtleties the louder they get you know it's like those that inner voice is waiting to be heard and when you listen once it gets louder and louder and clearer and clearer yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like anything, the more you practice it, the stronger you get, the better you get. And same thing with your intuition too. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I, I think it's important as well for people to know like channels, psychics, really intuitive people, they, they're not to be put on pedestals. These are just people that have practiced, as you say, they've just practiced and we all are intuitive in different ways so some people's gifts will come online quicker or in a more obvious way maybe someone who's very clairvoyant but we're all intuitive and we just if we give ourselves the opportunity to train to activate in that way it will 100% come online for you with that intention and a little bit of focused action to make it happen absolutely and I love that you said that because I think a lot of people want to put teachers and spiritual leaders and everyone else on these pedestals but really we're all we're all one we're all connected and no one's any better than anybody else and i really wish yeah. people understood that yeah and um we all you know as souls we've all had these incredible experiences over lifetimes and lifetimes experiences as um powerful medicine people of this planet and others experience as um incredible leaders incredible warriors whatever it is and we right now as we incarnate 2022 we, we're encoded with that wisdom we're encoded with all of that knowledge and like you with your healings how reiki feels limiting for you now or those 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 modalities feel limited it's because you're your soul, you have so much more wisdom there than that. And that those um, wisdom codes are longing to be expressed. And everybody, every unique being on this planet 
has so much profound soul wisdom longing to be expressed that only they hold. And when you align to your highest path and when you fulfill yourself pursuing that vision that you see that lights you up, that electrifies you, then you're going to be moving into the, the divine expression of those that soul wisdom. And to not do that is such a disservice to the planet because only you have your gifts. Only you've experienced the lifetimes that you've experienced. And only you can express your truth in your unique way. And I think our school system, our school system celebrates one type of genius. But the types of genius that each and every one of us are is so unique based on who we are as souls based on all of those infinite lifetimes. And if we could be celebrated in our authenticity above anything else, then we will be always led closer and closer to the expression of, of our gifts and our service. Yeah, I agree with you so much. A lot of truth in what you said there, and I love that. So if we have people out there listening who are ready to try to step into their truth and to unlock those codes, those light codes that they hold within them that carry all of that wisdom so that they can be of service for themselves and for others. How can they get a copy of your book? Yeah. Um, so the book is going to be released on the 1st of October. Um, if you head to my site, um, rhiannonhines.com, you can register to join the like wait list where you'll be the first to know and yeah if you follow me on instagram then i'm gonna give a lot of updates and share a lot of snippets um yeah so it's gonna be really really exciting when it releases because i just can't wait to dial into to tune into everyone that's having these rememberings at the same time <laughs> i just heard a collective oh i can't get it yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah first of all yeah that's exciting so they can follow you on instagram to find updates about the publishing of your book and also probably to connect and then after it releases in october and they buy their copy then they can <laughs> share the insights that they've had from that book with you there so that's exciting things and uh are you working with people now as a channel and an energy healer yeah, so I've taken my focus away from like working one on one um, with my sessions because I just get so excited about activating healers into their authentic brilliance. So I'm right now you can work with me online in an energy work practitioner training. It's called the Galactic Priestess Training. And what it is, is it's teaching you my process for really like deep transformational energy work where you're learning how to channel before your client comes, learning how to move them into like a deep energetic release, learning how to initiate higher energies for your clients. And um, more importantly, learning how to let go of your fears, <laughs> learning how to remember your authentic brilliance as a healer that's so unique to you. Yeah, so it's it's really beautiful community of powerful, powerful healers, realized and unrealized. <laughs> and it's, yeah, the Galactic Priestess Training. And you can, um, 
as well, just head to my site, riannonhines.com, and you'll see it there. Or head to my Instagram and you can find it. There are all the links there as well. I love that. And we're going to have the links in the show notes too. So you can just go directly there and click on it and get directly to the pages where you can pre sign up for the book or also check out the training. I love that. I know there's a lot of healers out there who haven't stepped into their power yet. So that's going to be an exciting thing when more people start doing that. Yeah, I just, um, it came to me so strong that humanity at large is ready for the the deeper level of their healing and it's like so many of us as healers were initiated with reiki and these really subtle um subtle modalities but just as 20 years ago so many people started their spiritual journey with yoga right and now fast forward what's every the masses are doing like these deep shamanic breathwork journeys you know like we've we're ready for more and I think the same is true of healers and that more lies in our authenticity in our expression as healers so yeah there's a there's a lot of training within this course on how to take people deeper deeper into what is hidden in their shadow self um to initiate more power to anchor more light and yeah and to remember that authentic spark that everybody who who aligns to this work already is there's really nothing to teach it's all there (laughs) all right I love that and I hope that a lot of people check out your book because it sounds amazing and I want to thank you so much for being here today and imparting your wisdom and just being a beautiful and lovely soul thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for your work in everything that you're doing with this podcast and beyond. And yeah, for being such an anchor of light in your beautiful community. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. Also, I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation and that you were able to take things away from it that help make your life just a little bit better. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. As always, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share it with others that might benefit. I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.